Welcome to Media Roots Radio. This is Abby Martin. And this is Robbie Martin. So, Robbie, um, before we talk about all this insane stuff that's going on, I, I wanted to just tell our audience really quickly for the people who weren't following me and Telesaur's coverage for the inauguration. Um, it was very ominous and it set a really disturbing tone for me um, for the Trump regime because I was there in the morning. Um, of course, Mike's group, the Answer Coalition, had secured this permit so protesters could protest on the inauguration route. Trump's people had tried time and again to shut it down. There was people waiting all night and day to guard this like area. Um, they made it as hard as possible to even have this little space and even like people in the answer coalition were tried to they like fbi agents tried to bribe them to like plant stuff in the bleachers and stuff like they tried everything they could to ruin this and set them up um and you know the morning of the inauguration i'm standing there in line with my crew for six hours standing there it was a militarized checkpoint they were letting in maybe one protester every 10 minutes and they just let in all trump people over and over again um and it really just set a completely disturbing tone for me because I was like this is how it's going to be I kind of realized that wow um it's going to be really rough um and then I heard later of course after we were lucky enough to get in and you know tens of thousands of people were trapped out in this checkpoint all day when we left after the entire inauguration was over there were still tens of thousands of people trapped outside in that checkpoint that had been waiting there for like 10 hours 12 hours and then I heard that you know the hundred plus people including two journalists including my friend that works at RT um, got charged with felony riot charges and they're facing 10 years in prison for simply covering the protests. So this is uh, this is what we're looking at now in, in terms of um, free press and under the Trump regime. And right right out of the gates, just like we've been seeing for the past few months, um, that all of these people who claim their alternative media and anti-establishment just you know the people who are carrying water for trump just said that all of it was george soros um once again that there aren't any legitimate protest groups or protesters who are upset about trump after for months we've been hearing that trump was a fascist that is all just george soros um it's all fake so that just shows a, a really disturbing disconnect with these water carrying trump loyalists who just think that i mean they know that people hate Trump this much. So right. it's just, to me, it's just a weird form of denial to not be able to acknowledge that, yeah, there's a lot of really angry fucking people at the, at this piece of shit president and you better accept it. It's not, they're not all AstroTurf protests. You moron. It's just like, what are you thinking? Yeah. It's like all these like truther mentality people who somehow went from questioning Islamic terrorism as like a manufactured and hyped up threat to now believing it so much that you accept the Muslim ban and you also just have twisted the conspiratorial framework that now you think that everything's staged and fake except Trump. <laughs> somehow yeah. Trump is and let's, great. <laughs> let's, not, let's not beat around the bush. Like Alex Jones and Paul Joseph Watson oh, are disgusting. 100% carrying water for a sitting president. No, they are that. loyalists. To a sitting president of the United States, we we can proudly say we never were for Obama at any point. We were extremely critical of him from day one, and these assholes are already fucking carrying water for a dude who's who's talking about instituting martial law in Chicago. Look at look at their website, Prison Planet, Infowars. These people have been warning us against the fascist, the police state for the last fifteen years, and all of a sudden they're just bootlicking, sycophantic, pathetic assholes who worship yeah. Trump. Great job, guys. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, it's really, really <clears throat> surreal that Alex Jones now is Officer Jackboot, the character right. that he that he was parodying for years. I'm gonna nerve so, my ass us all day, bro. <clears throat> yeah. So, so if you're mm-hmm. still supporting Infowars, I just want to put this out to our listeners: be very careful of who you're supporting at this point, because you are supporting a f- an organization that is running flank for a sitting president continuously, and is actually now running articles praising uh, criminals like Rudy Giuliani. Wow. Um, Infowars is now running pro Rudy Giuliani pieces on their website. This Amazing. is actually happening. Amazing. This is real. Yeah, yeah, and so and so, I, why I brought up Obama is because, um, you know, I think it's really interesting to mention that Obama gets in, he had full control of Congress, total executive power. He could have signed executive orders up the yin yang, closed Gitmo, done all the stuff. He did nothing. He did nothing for two years. He sat on his fucking hands. Um, and blamed an obstructionist Congress, of course, after he had full control and executive power. So I think that what this is showing and Trump's broad sweeping measures the first week that he got in really shows the ineptitude and inability of Obama to do anything. Because people are always like, oh, he can only, you know, he can't do that. He can only do so much. Well, look at how much power the executive branch really has. When someone yeah. wants to do stuff, they can, up, they can completely unwind the entire country in a week. That's how fragile these institutions are. So let's talk about the executive orders that Trump has has put in motion. Um, you know, first was this crazy executive order about the Keystone XL pipeline and North Dakota Access Pipeline. Not surprising. He does have financial holdings in these companies. We knew that going in. What is surprising yeah. is just the callous neglect and like complete disregard for the native americans that have been out there camping for a year in the freezing cold who've endured inhumane torturous tactics to try to shut them down he doesn't give a fuck he just shut that down willy-nilly so i think that that really says a lot you know that 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 order right off the bat um really says a lot about about where he's at in, in that realm. So if you if you thought or that Trump was all are. talk, yeah, like all these people are like, oh, Trump's not going to really do that. He's just saying that. Well, so far he's doing exactly what he said. So that was the that was one executive order, and of course all these people are now. What are we going to do? And then the other one was the blocking federal funding of abortion. So people are confused about this. There is no federal funding of abortion um, at all. It's illegal. So people are extremely confused and think that somehow Planned Parenthood funds abortions. Okay, that is illegal. And also this federal funding of abortion abroad, that's not real either. What Trump now did with this executive order is create a gag order for like health professionals that now can't even talk to women in other countries about their options. That's what that did. So once again, appealing to this crazy xenophobic right-wing base who's extremely religious and who, you know, thinks abortion's murder and stuff. So that was the other one. Then he gagged EPA employees from speaking about what's going on in the agency. So you had just a full-blown like social media blackout. Like they're not even allowed to tweet or do anything. Yep. And so you have these rogue Twitter accounts of like park employees that are like, we don't know if this climate data is going to be online anywhere. They're like, screen cap this. Like, it's extremely disturbing. It's extremely disturbing. Um, and then, of course, the biggest one of all was was the Muslim ban. Um, so let's let's talk a little bit about about this because um, there's a lot to say. I think that it's important to 
should we first explain what's going on and then decipher the Trump loyalist arguments or should we address that first? Should we just first talk um, about what this is? Yeah, let's talk about what it is and, and, and just explain clearly to our audience that it's not hyperbolic in any way to describe this as a Muslim ban okay. because that's what it is. Um, right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, so Trump signs his executive order to quote unquote ban Muslims. People are freaking out saying it's a travel ban. It's not a Muslim ban. Apologizing for him. Well, Rudy Giuliani, the criminal of 9-11, um, went out on TV and bragged about it. He said Trump came to him similarly that Bush did, the Bush regime did to try to legalize torture. You know, how can we legalize this? That's exactly what Trump did. He went to Giuliani, his loyal old friend, and said, I want to ban Muslims. How do I make this legal? He literally used the word Muslim ban to Giuliani. Yeah. Yep. So, and, and Michael yeah, Flynn's son, uh, General Flynn, National Security Advisor for Trump, went on Twitter yesterday and was excited as fuck about the Muslim ban. And he called it the Muslim Weird. ban repeatedly. This is the son of Trump's <laughs> National Security Advisor, the same son uh, that actually got was got heavily sucked into the Pizzagate rabbit hole and was constantly promoting Pizzagate on Twitter. Whoops. So this is the this is the son of Trump's national security advisor who shares pretty much everything his father believes. Very disturbing. General oh, Flynn no. also tweeted that fear of Muslims is rational a few months ago. So um these people are the real deal. Unbelievable. So what nations are being targeted? Well, amazingly None of the nations that are being targeted have actually, you know, and, and let's say this with a very broad brush. I'm using their terminology, terrorist attacks, right? Islamic terrorism, you know, and, and I completely reject a ban, obviously, for any countries. Uh, we know, you know, that that's completely discriminatory and horrible. So I'm not saying that the countries that aren't banned should be the ones who are banned and vice versa. What I'm just saying is that it really is astoundingly hypocritical because the nations targeted are not any nations that actually sponsor terrorism, like Saudi Arabia. So the nations that are targeted happen to be the nations that have been targeted for U.S. regime change and bombing campaigns over the last 15 years. Um, yeah, which which really says all you need to know about it, that this is this designed to provoke. Right. Um, and I think that one of the key countries on there... Um, that stands apart from most of the other ones is Iran. Right. And that's a very specific choice in order to provoke them. And it worked because they in turn responded with saying they're not going to allow Americans with, um, you know, they're going to restrict traveling to for Americans coming over to their country. Right. So already out of the gates, Trump is starting a confrontation with Iran, reversing, you know, whatever whatever criticism you have of Obama, we have a shitload. You can listen to our old podcast. We criticized him constantly. But whatever you want to say about Obama, what he was trying to do with Iran, establish a relationship and repair that relationship, was positive. And Trump is already reversing that right, right away. Um, so, yeah. I mean, that's 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 happening. And it's it's worth mentioning also the people, the neocons who are advising Trump were some of the most fixated on overthrowing iran of any of the neocons mm -hmm. so i think that's a very i mean i don't want to fear monger about that but um that's just something that we might be getting an early hint of his foreign policy 
uh, in the Middle East with that. So that's no, really you, scary to you, me. You're absolutely right. And that really says it all that right out of the gate, we're starting a confrontation with Iran week one, right? So Iran, Iraq, Syria, Libya, Somalia, and Sudan. These are the um, nations targeted for regime change. And I, you know what, let's get this out of the way really quickly, because I, I if people are listening and they're like, oh, well, didn't Obama do that? to Iraqis. Oh, didn't this list already exist? No, this that's wrong. That's complete disinformation. And it's misdirecting you from, uh, from your attention, which should be on this. Okay. In 2011, Obama did. Um, oh, so, so Trump basically says, cause every time Trump does everything, whether it be immigration, the wall or this, he always points to Obama, you know, and, and sometimes rightly so when, especially the immigration thing, he's like, Obama deported more people than anyone else. True. But he is, he's comparing this policy now saying Obama did the same thing in 2011 when he banned visas for refugees from Iraq. The seven countries named in the executive order, the same countries previously identified as sources of terror by the Obama administration. So Obama did name those countries as danger zones or whatever. There was never any outright ban, obviously. Um, and, and even the Iraq visa thing that everyone's like, where were you? Why weren't you pissed off when Obama was banning Iraqi refugees? That never happened. Okay. So Iraqis were always coming through. There was an extreme vetting, which is also kind of bullshit to refugees, specifically in Iraq during a six-month period. Let's compare that to Trump's order, which applies to 130 million people, including tourists and business travelers. Yeah. Another thing is that love or hate Obama, he did do whatever the hell the vetting thing that he did for Iraqi refugees in 2011. It was very litigious. It was conducted over dozens of policy meetings. Not that that means anything, but comparing it to Trump, Trump signs a fucking order within the first week with no oversight, with no one um, advising him whatsoever. And it was just complete chaos and confusion. Gestapo-like raids and police uh, in airports. Um, People with dual nationality are being banned up until just Yesterday, the green card holders were being banned. I saw a story about a professor who was deported, um, and her dog is probably dead because she had to get sent back to Dubai um, and leave her dog at home. So people were screaming in the airport, blocked from medical attention, detained for days and days, and including in these people, an Iraqi translator in the army, an Oscar nominee. You know? And and how crazy is it that this it's like don't people understand how sloppy and crazy this was rolled out just even if you agree with what he's doing which is to me is completely inexcusable at this point um but even if you agree with him doing this think of the way that he did it he signed an executive order where people were boarding planes before the executive order was signed from some of these countries, when they arrived in the United States, they were told the news and held at the airport and told to go back home. Exactly. They weren't even given any warning whatsoever. None of these airlines allegedly were even given any warning. And they apparently they're having to fly people back. I don't even know who's paying for those plane tickets. That's if the insane. airlines are, or if they're having to be billed for them, the passengers, because that would be really fucked up if they had to pay for their own return flight home without knowing anything oh my God. about what happened. Um, and then think about the chilling effect. I just spoke to someone yesterday um, about how he doesn't even know if he's allowed to travel to see his family in Iran or not. 
And that's another effect of this too. It's like, it's so unspecific and, and vague and not rolled out with like, this might be sound like a dumb argument, but at the very least, if you're going to do such a crazy draconian legislation like this, at least roll it out with like, you know, a very detailed breakdown of exactly what statuses are allowed, which ones aren't. Um, this guy doesn't even know. That's how confusing this is. It's sending a chilling effect to not just the 130 million or whatever people that are directly banned from this thing, but all their family members who don't know or all the people who don't even know if they're if they're allowed to travel. They have to look into it first. That's really fucked up, too. It's totally Imagine the ripple effects that's causing. That's way more than 130 million people. Totally. Um, and and also know. the whole green card thing. Think about why that's being lifted. So everyone's like, oh, that's 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 so great. Now it's not as bad. Wrong. First of all, four, at least four federal judges uh, ruled this to be unconstitutional immediately. And and really, the Trump administration was was violating the law by like continuing to block green card holders. So that wasn't uh-huh. just them like cowtailing to protest and being like, all right, you guys, we went too far. It was because like literally federal judges said this is fucking illegal. <laughs> you can't. No, and do only this. <laughs> and apparently only certain. So this is this is really scary too. Is is certain low level airport officials caved to those federal orders? But the DHS, the Department of Homeland Security people that are at some of these airports are not following this federal judge's orders. They're refusing to. So you have this, you know, potential insurrection happening already within structures of the federal government where the Department of Homeland Security is basically just enacting Trump's executive order completely in the face of a federal judge ruling saying that it's not constitutional. Yep. Um, yep. People that creates are a very are... disturbing precedent. Mm-hmm. Um, and I hope InfoWars is happy with the Department of Homeland Security being used as like a Gestapo style force to circumvent the law. That's exactly what Alex Jones wanted. Yeah. So they are totally violating these federal orders. Um, people are saying there's a constitutional crisis going on. There's militarized police um, pepper spraying people and arresting people in airports. I just saw a video of, I think yeah. it was Seattle. It's um, it's the craziest thing, Abby. There's there's literally riot police with with those handcuffs mm-hmm. and pepper spray and batons, while normal people like walking out their bags out of the airport, like right in front of SWAT police, uh, riot police lines. That's like that's the police state, like right in your face. Right. Like it's one thing to have you know riot police on the news at Black Lives Matter protests, but these are like riot police at airports. That's like an unprecedented that people are getting to see what that's like now. Um, and that just blows my mind that they're at airports now. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this whole thing is so sick um, because not only does it target people, the U.S. has bombed into oblivion, destroyed and eviscerated their entire lives. But then we're trapping them in their countries. Um, and, and the fact that this target is just specifically for the countries that the U.S. has destroyed or advocated to be destroyed and then blocking them is like the most sadistic shit I've ever even heard. Um, and and Trump is, of course, using 9-11 as a justification for this entire thing, completely nonsensically. Yeah. And, and it's funny that people, I just saw like a popular comedian who's not a truther at all. He just... He just said the next 9-11 will probably be an inside job, courtesy of Steve Bannon. This is how much Trump is scaring people. Yeah. 
is yeah. a regular dude who doesn't never says anything like that. So, um, because, this I mean, and yeah. it, maybe you're right. Maybe this is a method of sh of like a shock doctrine. It's meant to to fuck us up psychologically right out of the gates. Um, that could be an intention behind it, or it could be just a really sloppy rollout. I don't. That's the problem with Trump. I don't know how organized and how like planned out this shit is, but obviously he's. I mean, like you said, he's taking all these executive orders that Obama never did, like that Obama never bothered to try, you know, and he's accomplishing all this shit. So it's, I mean, I, I'm taking it very seriously. I don't think that, you know, the sloppy factor is like a minor component. I don't even think it matters. It's maybe that he just doesn't care is the thing. Right. Um, no, I, you know, I care think that, to make people feel mm -hmm. more comfortable. That could be the point. I think Bannon is Karl Rove in this administration. He's clearly Trump's brain. He's the genius behind everything. He's the one writing the executive orders. He's the one who wrote the inauguration speech. He is plugged the fuck in to his base. He is who essentially steamrolled everyone and got Trump in. Um, I think that it is a component of sloppiness. I also do think it's a shock doctrine type thing on behalf of Steve Bannon to confuse, conflate, um, distract the opposition, um, splinter the opposition, right? So no one knows even what to protest. It's like, where do we start now? <laughs> the Keystone XL, like the Standing Rock thing, the airport thing. I mean, it's there's so much going on at once um, that, you know, and, and, and people are saying, okay, well, at the same time, Congress does need to eventually cement these laws, right? Okay, so Congress is going to stand up. Well, unfortunately, Congress is full of a bunch of spineless pussies, and they have not stood up for a fucking thing. In instead, they have confirmed all these crazy psychopaths. Tim Kaine has the audacity to, f to tweet, oh, I'm appalled. I'm so appalled by Trump's behavior in the last 24 hours. Well, then stop confirming his appointees, Tim. Like, what the yeah. hell is wrong with these people? Block them. Yeah, if you have Elizabeth one thing Warren, left in your life to do. Who name some of them because name some of these really progressive, you know, seeming Democrats who did vote to confirm for these people. I like, mean, didn't Elizabeth, yes, Warren Elizabeth Warren confirm a bunch of people. Yep, ben, Ben Carson. Um, yep. <laughs> yep. And, and Tim Kaine's pretty much confirmed everyone except one, I think. Um, yeah, I haven't really been. And keeping I saw up Al Franken yep. voted yes on Jeff Sessions. It's like, dude, Are what you in the me? fuck? Like, yeah, it just shows how phony these people are. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, we had a stronger Congress under, uh, the, like, post-9-11 right. Bush era. Right. I mean, Tom Daschle went out there and fought the Bush administration in public and said, the Bush administration asked me not to investigate 9-11. They wanted absolutely no investigation, and I'm here telling you that I'm going to start an investigation. Like, that's a huge, like, pushback coming from, like, a pretty generic congressperson um, or senator. So, we don't, we're, are we seeing anything even remotely like that no. now? No. For and that was the during hysteria. an incredibly sensitive time where everybody was worshiping the president. Yeah. I thought everyone hated this president. Right. I thought all the Democrats thought he was a fascist. Why aren't they fighting him like a fascist that right. they called him? And and it's you said crazy. this you said the Steve Bannon thing and the false flag. I mean, look, we're we're living in what they call 
um, alternative facts, you know, this Orwellian reality. This is our world now. Mm -hmm. Um, This is the way the empire is being carried out. So I actually don't put past anyone in the Trump administration to either allow or create some sort of impetus in order to fully implement martial law or a total police state that has been set up for the last 15 years. I do not put it past them at all because guess what's missing from this whole thing look if all of this is allowed to happen already without having any attacks in the u.s since 9-11 and don't and you know the boston bombing i think was a complete aberration had nothing to do with really like the terrorism that they're talking about you know um this yeah. that imagine imagine what they can get away with with another oh 9 style thing it's, I, I can't it's the scariest thought ever Abby. Yeah, i know um i know and and all these people who are the fiercest, most vociferous anti-Trump critics will roll over yep. and go along with it out of respect. We need to support the president, Abby. Just like people said after 9-11 under mm-hmm. W. People thought he was a joke. Mm-hmm. They hated W. 9-11 happened. We got to respect him, Abby. He's our president. Like, we got to support him. I mean, I even saw Democrats talking like that back then. And it's just like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. This is a really scary situation, um, and this could be the literally the last opportunity we have to really change things, too. Right. Um, so, you know, it presents an opportunity, but also a terrifying train that's, been, you know, already left the station that we can't, you know, also it seems impossible to stop. So, And the part that is, is super disturbing, too, is the way that these people approach reality. You know, we knew like leading up to the election because we kept talking about how Trump can't acknowledge the truth and and facts and he has to put out this alternative reality. Right. So, I mean, that's really what they're going with. So his the press secretary, Sean Spicer, Kellyanne Conway, they have been pushing this alternative facts thing. It is the most Orwellian thing I've ever heard. I mean, it really is. And when they're sitting up there to the press and saying there's an alternative fact to facts, like Everyone should be extremely concerned with the way this administration is treating the press. Look, I'm the the last person who will defend the CNN, MSNBC, any of these outlets. But the way that the press is treated with contempt from these people is terrifying um, because he could just shut them down. He already shut down the opinion line to the White House. He shut he's shutting down the petitions um, already the gag order on all these federal agencies. What's next? He could easily just shut down the press. I mean, who? what's it to them? He already said the media is their enemy. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really, um, it's like we were saying before he got in office, he, this whole idea of fake news that the mainstream media was trying to put out, it backfired really quickly and became a tool of Trump's uh, people and all his followers to just claim that everything in the mainstream media is fake news Trump, of course, you know, everything Trump says is true, but everything the mainstream media says is false. Right. That dynamic is going to keep playing out to his advantage. And I'm shocked that so many alternative media people who rightfully are cynical of the mainstream media, let's, let's mm-hmm. you know, just say that for the record, the mainstream media has lied constantly. Um, but yet all of them who are like into the alternative media are now just believing what Trump says and what Trump's people says, they're knee jerking still against the mainstream media and just calling it all fake news. I, I'm astonished that that's still happening. Yeah. 
Because at the very least, if you're that skeptical of the mainstream media, wouldn't you also be skeptical of a fucking sitting president of the United States who's a pathological liar? <laughs> like a who's bunch known of to be a pathological liar? Like, are you just a dumbass? Around him? Like, They're both lying. <laughs> <laughs> like, I just can't believe it. I know. And let's talk about this gaslighting thing, because this is a new term. It's not new. I mean, this has been around for a while, but it's it really applies now, which is... You know, basically just painting a completely false narrative and telling you you're wrong, you're crazy for believing yeah. reality, right? And this is Trump's MO. This is modus operandi. I mean, the day after this, you know, a mosque gets burned to the ground, the Muslim ban, millions of people are trapped, um, you know, all these people are in, in total chaos. Another mosque in Quebec gets fucking attacked. Um, uh, five or six people die. What does Trump tweet about? The next morning after he gets off his coke binge. Oh, he, he tweets. Okay. So not even acknowledging the mass protests at the airport. He just says that something about CNN or New York Times. He's angry at the New York Times, right? Because that's he's just obsessed with the New York Times. And then he just says yep. something about how the protests were over Delta because their computers were, were screwed up. That's where. Yeah, so, yeah, Robbie, yeah. you he were confused. Made, you were confused. You thought this was about the Muslim made up band? something. <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, and just just for some context, I think um, most people, you know, you've heard the term gaslighting being thrown around a lot lately, but the origin of it is interesting. It comes from a movie and a, a play called Gaslight, and I'm reading from the Wikipedia entry. The plot is a husband attempts to convince his wife and others that she is insane by manipulating small elements of their environment and insisting that she is mistaken, remembering things incorrectly or delusional when she points out these changes. The original title stems from the dimming of the gaslights in the house that happened when the husband was using the gaslights in the attic. The wife accurately notices the dimming of the lights and discusses the phenomenon, but the husband insists she imagined a change in the level of the lights. <laughs> <laughs> Total Trump. Yeah. Totally Trump. Um, and we are living in that era now. Um, and, and the mainstream media has been gaslighting us mm -hmm. a lot, too, you know, for years. And Trump has just taken it to a whole other level. I mean, it's just blatant, in-your-face lying, um, disregarding, you know, obvious facts, and no one cares. I mean, his followers don't care. Right, his followers um, love it. And that's, to me, the most fascinating part, is how he's managed to keep this pocket of loyalists, including people who should know better, who right. are skeptics of everything, um, you know, even truthers, um, conspiracy theorists people, they're all... They just all buy it and just yeah. keep complaining about Democrats still. They're still talking about Obama um, and all, all the horrible shit he did and just not talking about Trump. It's like, I get it that you that you want to concern troll people over Obama bombing seven countries. But I don't think for a second I believe that you're genuinely upset <laughs> that Obama was bombing those seven countries. You're only saying it to, to basically distract away from what Trump is going to do. Yep. So don't give me that bullshit anymore. It's fake. It's phony. I'm sick of hearing it from people. Oh, I know. After reporting at the Women's March, like half the comments that I got were people saying, oh, so it's I can do better than that. I can't believe I'm buying into the Soros stage protest. And see, where were these women marching on Saudi Arabia? Why the fuck would American women go to Saudi Arabia and march, you stupid idiots? There's a huge threat to women's rights there's a bunch of xenophobic right-wing <laughs> religious extremists who have taken over the government who want to ban abortion do you understand 
This isn't a Soros operation. This is women who are genuinely in terror that they will not be able to have reproductive rights. Understand? So this isn't about Saudi Arabia not letting women drive. By the way, as fucked up as Saudi Arabia is, they have maternity leave paid. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, it's just the most biggest concern troll trap, you know, to be like, oh, where were these women when Saudi Arabia was beheading people? It's like, what in the hell is wrong with you? What yeah, is I wrong mean, like, with I you? Can, I can get on some level this idea that, yes, a lot of these people who just woke up, they seem, you know, some of them seem hypocritical. I can understand that mindset, but not, but it's not a valid mindset if you're saying those things along with carrying water for a fucking sitting right, president exactly. of the United States and believing everything he says. That makes you a total piece of shit. Who's literally, you are just a concern troll. You're not, you do not have principles. That is not a valid um, point of view. If you were consistent and also were criticizing Trump, sure. I would, I would, I would listen to what you have to say, but you're not. No. And if all these people had really wanted reproductive rights for women, if they if they didn't agree with Trump, it would mean more to me. But they do agree with exactly. Trump. That's exactly. That's the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So and uh, okay, so let's also talk about yeah. So the Delta flight thing, he blamed this on Delta. You know, this this is how insane this person is. And also, here's how crazy he is. Still talking about voter fraud, and this is my theory behind this is that he's putting out this whole millions voted illegally thing even though he, he won the presidency he's still acting like he's on the campaign trail you know talking about this like illegal immigration epidemic of illegal voters which is completely fake like literally a fake issue totally manufactured uh -huh. in order to do this cross-track crazy system that greg palace talks about in his movie that the republicans have put into place to disenfranchise and discriminate against black voters and people of color this is happening all across the country this has been going on for a long time um it's called cross check it basically anyone who's like a felon and has like a matching name everyone who's named that name in a state gets like is in ineligible to vote you know this is the kind of thing that's going on so what my theory is is trump is already looking ahead and wants to crack down on that even more the voter id stuff like really oh, hammering it, you know what i mean and so he's he's basically launching this like voter suppression investigation into illegal voting well i'm sorry if you think a millions of people voted illegally shouldn't we redo the election like that's a big charge right that's like the russia thing well, yeah. and he just keeps lying in different directions that yeah like the lies just get piled on top of other lies like at first he thought that the like results were going to be fraudulent because like the voting would be like manipulated. He didn't mention illegals back then as much as he just thought like the count would be like swayed to Hillary. Like they'd manipulate mm -hmm, the election. Mm -hmm. And now he's saying this, it, it just, you take it all together. It's an incoherent narrative that doesn't make any sense. And that's, what's fascinating about his method is he doesn't need to be consistent or tell the truth. He just keep powering forward. And, um, and the media I think they got way too fixated on that, even though it was a blatant, weird thing to throw out there and a lie to say 5 million yeah. illegals voted. The amount the media focused on that, you know, compared to other things was way too much. Like they, I almost feel like in that instance, like they just sort of fell down a Trump rabbit hole and couldn't get out. Like, cause it ultimately it's like, we already know he's a pathological liar. Just say that, like, just say he's, he's, he's lying again. He's just a pathological liar. Like that's a more val instead of like arguing with him and getting him to answer for that five million claim. Like it's just another lie. Like obviously it is. 
like I, so it's just interesting to me how like the first press conference was almost entirely about that and it's just like don't you guys understand he's just lying and doesn't care yeah, don't you understand how he's played you this whole time well the problem is because the mainstream media doesn't want to be complicit in anything that's led up to this point right so the, of course they're yeah. not going to really address the meat of the whole voter fraud thing they don't want to talk about voter id they don't want to talk about what the republicans have been doing because then they're complicit yeah. for not covering it and doing anything about it so it's easier to just troll a bunch and go down this crazy rabbit hole into trump land um and 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 that first press conference was crazy because he gets out there you know not only does he treat the press with total contempt but he had binders (laughs) mitt romney binders full (laughs) he had manila folders like hundreds of them stacked on this table they were fucking empty there was nothing on the paper there was nothing on the papers. It was a complete staged prop. Someone went up Wait, and took a the, photo. Where did you see that? Because I someone came up and took a photo of one of the folders that was slightly open, and they were blank pages, Robbie. Wow, just like printer paper yeah. stuffed in a manila envelope? Yeah, Holy that's, shit. That's the world we're living in, baby. This is what what's happening right now. Fascinating. And should we talk about Bannon some more? Yes. Because we haven't... Yeah, let's let's move on to him because I think as as fascinating and as evil as he seems, I my theory is that he is getting a lot of other like advice or people ideas from other people as well, other people that he's worked with in the past, like Frank Gaffney, mm-hmm. um, for example, who worked for Breitbart. I mean, he's one of the earliest people who was suggesting banning Muslims from immigrating to the country. And who was like promoting that idea? Um, and he, he's a neoconservative PNAC signatory. But let's go into Bannon's wider like agenda and what you know and what he's doing already. Um, yeah. So because really, people have already started saying President Bannon, you know, because of some of the things he's done. And so. I and I actually agree with that. At first, I thought Mike Pence was really going to be running the show. Um, I just interviewed Chris Hedges about. I, I thought it was going to be more about the alt-right. It ended up being more about the Christian right because Chris Hedges has done so much research on the Christian right. And his whole theory is that the Christian right was like using Trump as this kind of puppet and Mike Pence is really running the show. I think that there's a lot going on. I think there's there's twofold happening. I think, yes, Mike Pence and the Christian right and these extremists have been vying for power for a long time. They've spent the last 30 years getting embedded in these institutions, building this whole thing. But the alt-right is... You cannot ignore this as a new kind of fascistic uprising that isn't necessarily Christian at all. Um, mm-hmm. And 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 Bannon is a very dangerous figure, and he seems to almost have more of the president's ear than even Mike Pence. Um, he not only, like I said, is writing these orders, um, r- really overseeing the thoughts and speeches and talking points from Trump, um, he also is such a dangerous figure because he you know he, he goes from what chief strategist right so everyone knew okay he's behind the scenes it's scary he's like the Karl Rove anyway and then Trump oddly enough shuffles around these agencies the D the the director of national intelligence you know this overseeing of 17 intelligence agencies that released that report on Russia well all of a sudden all the administration gets shuffled around and Bannon of all people gets put in charge of it so now we're talking about mm-hmm. Bannon just a complete outlier fringe asshole bigot is now in charge of the biggest surveillance apparatus in the world. And his number one target is immigrants and leftists. Like literally. 
that's like like minorities and, and leftists i mean yeah like muslims yeah. minorities women leftists this is this is the target it's not about democrats yeah. republicans it's he he has like civil war on his mind i think he wants to destroy the left in a way that i don't think someone like the neocons and the bush administration were intent on doing to this level they were more intent on selling the iraq war pushing their neocon agendas through and they they still needed people on the left to do that i mean they 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 did um they tried to present some of the things as humanitarian i see this administration as different where it actually will wage war on the wider left um blacks uh mexican immigrants i mean you name it um even even gay people um you know, and I was actually thinking, like, what's going to happen the next time Milo can't do, like, a a talk at a university? Will Trump send in the National Guard to escort him in? You know, like, because of people like Steve Bannon? I mean, this is Bannon's fucking friend is Milo. He works, he writes for Breitbart. Yep. Um, And also, what it, like, this, this announcement that the Trump administration made that they said they're going to start giving a breakdown of like crimes that illegal immigrants have committed, like a sampling and like announce them at press conferences. Does that, what does that sound like to you? Well, that to me, that sounds like the drudge report.com mm -hmm. and what they do. It sounds I mean, like Breitbart's homepage. Yeah. Yeah. Like just, just pointing out like the Kate Steinle thing, right? You know, as personal as that was for us, that was an early indicator that Trump was really sort of locked into this Drudge Report, Breitbart style of newsmaking, you know, blowing up a single incident into this hysterical, you know, narrative that we need to, you know, that illegal immigrants are killing people all over the place. Um, and it, it is just really fascinating that that's what the White House is going to turn into, like almost like a Drudge Report sensationalist. Um, you know, trying to sow these sort of racial divides, making white people scared of Mexicans. I mean, that's the that's what their goal is, really. And that's really disturbing. I mean, it'd be like if Trump was talking about the knockout game on his, you know, from the from a White House press conference or something. That's what this is. Yeah. And Bannon apparently um, was the one. So DHS, I don't know who is in charge of DHS. I'm sure it's an incompetent loon. Um, but Bannon overrode the decision of the DHS to exclude green card holders in the initial ban. Like he literally like intervened and was like, no, like this is going to exclude all these people. So Bannon has a lot of power and he's been given a lot of power by Trump. And now he's overseen, like we said, the most expansive and biggest surveillance grid in the world. And it's extremely discomforting thought to know we are number one targets under this administration, way more so than Obama, way more so than Bush. This is a new, yeah. this is a new fight here. Yeah. And let's not, and, and it should be mentioned, and I'm not saying this to make any excuse for Trump. Trump, I mean, Obama did wage a war on journalists and whistleblowers to a level that we have not seen. He mm -hmm. really tried to protect, you know, the supposed transparency that he claimed was going to be the most transparent administration in history. They backpedaled real quick on that and started realizing that they needed to wage a war on the press to control the situation. Trump is not only waging a war on the press already, and he probably will crack down on whistleblowers and actually crack down on sources or any you know people in the press, but he's also waging a war on like the left activist movement. Right. 
uh, by proxy with Bannon. That's what Breitbart is. And now it's in the administration. So if you're still acting like leftists are the establishment or that leftists are, are dangerous or whatever, it's like, dude, your, your president is waging a war on them. <laughs> so you want to go along with that? I mean, it's just incredible. Right. Like, I don't care if you hate leftists as much. If you don't like being a loyalist and a water carry for a sitting president of the United States, then have some solidarity with the people fighting him. Oh, I know. And all these people claim to be like, you know, anti-police state. Oh, they're libertarians. Oh, they, they hate government force and coercion, but they all just worship and bootlick the fuck out of Trump. Why is that? It's so weird. No, it's so really weird, shocking. Dude. I used to l read Justin Raimondo's stuff um, on anti-war and his Twitter feed, man, since Trump got in, is fucking disgusting. He's a total water-carrying sycophant. Water yeah, it's the it's just super sad because he is someone who I I mean, you know, I didn't agree with a lot of his opinions on things, but his stuff on war and his research and his writings on war have been solid for years and years and this is what he's doing now. It's shocking. It's it's like I I get it. You know, that like you like it's I, I get that on some level you want to keep talking about Obama or whatever, but I just don't understand how a libertarian, right. especially, could be into Trump. Like, this is fucking police state activity. Right. He's talking about martial law. Like, he's not even... He's actually tweeting about it. So... Right. I'm, that's what really bothers me. I mean, libertarians wake the fuck up, man. Like, Fox News business? I mean, what are they going to do now that they have someone in office who's, like, the most anti-libertarian candidate ever? Um he didn't even talk about freedom or the constitution or any like preserving rights or anything in his inaugural speech. He hasn't talked about that at all. Yeah. You know, so it's almost, it's almost like he embodies the worst part about Ron Paul. It's like, he totally like abandoned the whole like civil liberties, you know, like non-interventionism and is just embracing like the total, like corporate tyranny. <laughs> like, okay, let's yeah, eliminate exactly. all regulations and just let corporations run everything. And people are like, great. Like libertarians are yeah. like, yeah, cool. You're like, wait, I thought, I thought that that was like, you know, not what libertarianism was, but I guess that's a no. Yeah. And, and 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 just for the record, I there are plenty of libertarians who are very opposed to Trump or who think he's a total piece of shit. Um, one of them is um, this uh, Dave Smith, Scott Horton. I mean, um, you know, the, the Ron Paul Institute. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. leading up to the election was very critical of Trump. Right. Rand Paul is already saying um, he's going to, you know, try to try to block several of these things. I mean, how sad is it that Ron Rand Paul is who we have to count on now in um, in the <laughs> you know Justin the Amash. other body of government to yeah. stop Trump because the Democrats are just letting him do whatever the fuck he wants. Right. Like that's sad. That we have to count on Rand Paul again. And yeah, exactly. I think it, 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 the problem with, okay, so obviously all the Trump loyalists are blaming everything on Obama and concern trolling, like, where were you? How come women weren't out here? Martin? Where are you? Eva? First of all, we've been out there every day of the Obama administration saying <laughs> yeah. this stuff from day one until today. So don't give us that. It's total concern trolling. Um, and, Oh, dude, I totally lost my train of thought, but it's just it's just the most frustrating thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's but it is at the same time important to talk about how this happened because it didn't happen in a vacuum. Trump is not an aberration. Islamophobia didn't just land on our doorstep overnight. This has been fostered and created from the beginning, right after 9-11 and probably even before. As we know, Bill Clinton wanted to have like a similar kind of like 
you know, war on terrorist thing. Um, and yeah, so Obama and Bush both created this. Obama perpetuated it. He did nothing to prosecute war criminals, tortures. He continued to bomb seven countries. He continued this mass surveillance apparatus. And when all that's just continued, what do you think that does to a society? It normalizes the fuck out of it. And when you have so-called liberals, right, these liberal ideologues like Bill Maher, Sam Harris, Richard Dawkins, who are normalizing the thought of discrimination, profiling, and banning, to be honest. Some of them have entertained yeah. that. So that it doesn't just happen out of the blue. Like, it is very important to talk about that in the context of what's going on today because everyone's just going to point to the Democrats as leading the resistance and saying, okay, well, the, mm -hmm. first of all, they're not going to do shit. They've never done shit. It's up to us. Is, is that not crystal clear to everyone yet? I I hope it is more now um, after this Muslim ban because I didn't see very many Democrats standing up at all. I mean, I saw like one obscure Democrat saying some strong words about it. Um, so I, I I think people really if if people haven't woken up already on the left, like. I, I'm it worries me um, because what's already happened should be enough right um, to wake you up um, and yeah it's just uh, it's astonishing that like you just said all of these things that Trump is inheriting um, you know that Obama kept in place are are extreme executive powers um, he can make sweeping changes um, he you know mass surveillance so if you're pointing out those things about how Obama created all those things, there should be no logical reason for you to still for, to be to be okay with Trump having them. Like they should still be bad. So I just hope people are being consistent, you know, and and continuing to put that same criticism they put on Obama onto Trump. Yeah, and um, their elected officials who are Democrats who are not doing anything and who've allowed Obama to create all this authority and to never stand up to any of it. It's time to really be consistent here, guys. This is not partisan at all. No. And and now that all these, it's like now Trump is part of the establishment. Like, I don't care if you think that somehow, I mean, it, it would be completely illogical at this point to think that the man sitting in the highest office in the world is anti-establishment. Mm -hmm. um, and somehow people... I think I still think they they on some level believe that and that needs to stop because I don't know if you alt right people have realized it yet but you're no longer this outsider edgy group of political you know uh, political contingent you are now carrying water for a sitting president of the United States I can't stress that enough and not even just a sitting you president you don't have your edge the you've empire. lost it <laughs> like, yeah so you know, make fun of leftists all you want for being loyalist to Obama. You're in the same position now. Mm -hmm. Now you can see how it feels like to carry water for this dude for the next four to eight years. Good luck. That's yeah. really all I have to say. Like, tr good luck trying that. Um, and if you and if you're able to, then that just means you are a loyalist and a cultist, just like all, the worst Obama cultist that you hated for so many years, who are now exactly the same. Yeah, and this and is actually worse mm -hmm. because things are worse now. So oh, if yeah. you're defending how worse things got, then it's even worse. This the line is drawn in the sand, everyone. Um, the line is drawn in the sand. You're either standing on the right side of history or you're standing on the wrong side of history. And if you don't know what side that is, 
then you're probably on the wrong side of history here. Um, there will be no tolerance from me. I will no longer entertain people who are trying to concern troll me or take up my time. Um, I am blocking and moving on anyone who tries to legitimize this insane discrimination against Muslims. I am no longer trying to reason with you at all. I'm sorry. Um, I, I really have drawn a line in the sand personally as well because I don't have time to waste. Um, we need to build a united front. Um, liberals need to stop blaming leftists for Hillary's loss. They need to start reaching out to leftists and building this because fascism is here, baby. It's coming. And by fascism, I don't mean like the that like textbook definition. I mean the this sentiment that's been cultivated, this fascistic like corporate tyranny and mass like repression. It's here. And that's actually, I mean, the corporate merging of corporate and privatization with the federal government is almost more in line with the textbook mm -hmm. definition of fascism, like Italian Mussolini fascism. Um, and that's already, I mean, that's, how is that not like, do people really think Trump is going to like, because he wrote this bill, um, kicking out lobbyists or whatever, like he passed an executive order, like putting mm -hmm. greater restrictions on lobbyists, like that's a tokenistic gesture. You know, think about what he is, who he is, who his state department head is. These, this is a corporate takeover in a way that hasn't quite happened before. We've had lobbyists, we've had people, you know, CEOs for different companies who have left government like uh, Cheney mm -hmm. or Rumsfeld mm -hmm. was the CEO for um, that pharmaceutical company, for example. But not on this level, not this many uh, billionaire type elitists in one administration. Um, this will be a corporate takeover in a way that we've never seen. This is like a hundred percent a corporate coup. Like this, this puts Bush's oil ties to shame. Yeah, it really does. And I was going to say really quickly about the loyalist thing. Like I, I you know, I, I only say that about drawing the line in the sand personally. I mean, obviously, this is like a huge moral thing. Like everyone needs to really put themselves on the right side of history here but i mean it is funny to see all these people who loved my reporting the last eight years absolutely hate me now i haven't changed i've been saying yeah. the same thing and all these people are like what happened to you you're smarter than this what? you're better than this what happened to you it's like dude what does that say about you if i'm yeah. saying the same things yeah it says that they are partisan fucktards who got sucked into trump and it's really, really fucking sad because you need to wake the fuck up now and help us fight this monster. Right. I'm sorry. He is a monster. I mean, I mean it, it's it, I don't even care if you like his policies. Look at his personality. There's something fucking wrong with him. <laughs> He's not just a narcissist. He's not just an egomaniac. He is not present. He is not there when he's talking. He seems like he's on fucking autopilot 24-7. He repeats himself constantly. He has zero, like, hu relatable human traits. Right. This is the person that you like? Like, that does say a lot about you. It right. really does. And he lives in an all-gold, like, apartment. Like, how creepy is that? If you, like, saw that, that's, like, weirder than the Pope's, like, weirder than, um, what the hell is that called? How come I can't think of that? You know, like, the big ornate thing in, in Rome. Um, it's, it, it's so creepy and, like, old manny and, like, super dystopian to see the way that he lives. Like, he actually demanded that everything's laced in gold in his apartment. You've seen photos of that, right? There's, like, a photo oh, of Melania yeah. with, like, the gold crib. And it's like, what is this? Mm -hmm. Who are you people? 
Yeah, and I and I don't think I've mentioned this before in the podcast, but now is a good time to because okay, so people, you know, not a lot of people out there are probably familiar with Lex Luthor mm-hmm. from the Superman movies, like Gene Hackman playing him. But Lex Luthor in the eighties, in the nineteen eighties, in comic book history, became went from like a mad scientist y guy to like a corporate billionaire um like overlord guy who smoked cigars, wore suits, lived in a giant tower called Lex Corp with his with an L at the top. There there is a lot of evidence out there and people who wrote for Superman have said that they based their sort of um like their their different variation of Lex Luthor on Donald Trump and people like him. So what we know of Lex Luthor, like the cultural understanding of Lex Luthor is actually inspired by Donald Trump. It's not like everyone's like, oh my God, this is just like Superman coming true. It's actually even weirder than that. Lex Luthor himself and the 80s iteration of him and what we know of him today is based on the psychotic personality of Donald Trump from the 1980s. Wow. So let that sink in and just understand of how weird that is. Um it, it's just, it's kind of blows my mind. So when he was um, that's who's president now. When he was and in the comic room. books, Lex <laughs> Luthor became president. And there's one where Superman had to kill him in the Oval Office. Um, <laughs> but Robbie, we shouldn't punch Nazis. Oh, I, I don't even want to get into that because I know we might disagree. But it is funny. Like, all I, I love seeing all the memes of like Superman, like punching Nazis. <laughs> no, I don't. I don't disagree that Richard Spencer should get his fucking ass kicked. Of yeah. course not. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, I have to admit the first day of, uh, the inauguration and all those protests and stuff, I was, I was too getting sucked into that rabbit hole of like, where were you guys under Obama? You know, like I was starting to feel myself going there and I had to stop because I'm like, this, this is, this is being used to create a rift. This, this mode of thought, like not focusing on Trump instead worrying about where everybody was under Obama there's the the alt right and Trump supporters have already taken that and ran with it and mm-hmm. used it to their advantage. I will no longer allow that. I'm not saying that that I'm not going to point out Obama's horrible record and make people remember that. That's actually really important. But using that to minimize the force that's rising up against Trump, I think is a mis- is a huge mistake. Right. We need we need some of these people. Like I don't care if they had their head in the sand. Now something has made them wake up, and I think that it's time to form some solidarity. Absolutely, I, I really do. And I wanted to say something else about Bannon because I think this really says everything about someone when you find out that they can murder someone. Um, there was a study done of of men who choke their wives out, or just men who choke women. You know, and when a man uh-huh. is capable of choking a woman, um, that means that they're capable of murdering them. Um, and so this has been, you know, studied, it's, it's been documented and Bannon is a, a serial wife abuser and he's capable of murder. So he choked his wife out and that's according to their divorce documents that were just published by a a journalist, um, after Bannon said the media needs to shut up and shut their mouths. So someone released his divorce proceedings and it turns out he's a violent, abusive psychopath who chokes women. So... Yeah. That's really scary. That's extremely scary. Bannon is a terrifying figure to me. Um, that really just solidified it. It's like, yeah, he was already a disgusting, vile human being, but now I think that he's like actually capable of murdering a woman. <laughs> like that. Yeah, you know what I, I mean, mean? No, absolutely. And and let's not like, you know, 
there was a time during the George W. Bush administration where people felt the same way about people in the Bush administration, Mm -hmm. that they were capable of murder, too. We already know they were capable of outing one of their own CIA agents for a political ploy and and destroying her career. And, you know, and then so that I mean, we already know those kind of things happen. Um, But I really I'm I'm glad in a way that that. I, I've, I'm hopeful after mm-hmm. seeing Kevin Allison's tweet about Steve Bannon doing another 9-11, a totally uh, non-truther guy who would never say something like that, that people will start seeing the evil that this office is capable of again. And we really let that, like, feel that. Um, it's not hyperbolic to suggest that people sitting in this office are capable of murder. I know it seems like a house of cards plot, um, but... I mean, you need to start believing it again. Um, political enemies uh, could be taken out in various ways, whether that means through, you know, some kind of murder or other ways, you know, mm-hmm. destroying their career, planting child pornography. Who knows what kind of dirty tricks these these people will actually, you know, do now that they're in office or in power. We've seen the dirty tricks they do when they're behind Breitbart, which are bad enough. Yeah, and I wanted to... You know, speaking of Chris Hedges, who is really hammering on the Christian right here and talking about Mike Pence and Betsy DeVos and how, you know, Eric Prince is actually now um, advising Trump as well behind the scenes. Yeah. Um, so who is now you, loved by the alternative mm-hmm. media somehow. Yeah, super interesting. People in the alternative media like Eric Prince. That is fucked up, dude. He's a murderer. <laughs> He's a complete murdering psychopath. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, no, no. No, it's totally <laughs> true. It needs to, it, it, it's like worth just sitting back and, and really acknowledging how crazy that is. But Chris Hedges actually said something to me that really scared me. Um, he studied fascist countries for a long, long time. He's, you know, he's likened this to Mussolini, to what happened in Yugoslavia. But I was talking specifically about, you know, Hitler, because I, I was kind of, talking about how people have really taken it to the furthest you know nth degree and really compared trump to the next hitler and i was just like you know how how likely do you think something that could get that out of hand is with this administration and he said well he said it's important to realize what hitler did he was like it's you know it's painted in this really cartoonish and misunderstood way he was like but you know not only was hitler the ultimate conspiracy theorist obviously with the jews (laughs) but he created you know, the brown shirts came out of a base that were extremely loyal to Hitler. You know, five years of of kind of gaslighting the public. He created full employment. And so after this, like, economic collapse, Hitler came in, created jobs for everyone and had this loyal base that then in turn acted as the brown shirts that acted as like, this, like, kind of um, militia on the ground that would yeah. then just act on behalf of the state. And that, he said, Trump talking about this infrastructure project, this trillion dollar infrastructure project, and he really could hone in with Bannon advising him, knowing, you know, what what could really build that base and keep it loyal. He could go to those blue collar workers in the Rust Belt in these areas, the the people that he really focused on during the election and get them those infrastructure jobs and and build that base and that exactly. I was just like, wow, I, putting it in, in that way really made me realize that like shit could get really crazy. I mean, because and that, I, and I that would that be like the be final step. Enough. I mean, he's smart enough to do it. And, and if you think about that going all the way that far, that would be like 
that would really lock in a full like brown shirt loyalist exactly. force. But at the same time, uh, a lot of those people aren't necessarily already like very well armed. The people that are very, very well armed that are now still a loyalist force for the sitting president are InfoWars listeners Mm -hmm. and people who are part of the Patriot movement who've somehow gotten sucked into carrying water for a president of the United States. Um, And I think that that's a scary possibility. Um, You know, there's different gradations of how armed these people are, but InfoWars listeners are probably the most well armed. Um, And if you are an InfoWars listener and you have a lot of firearms, uh, just, I, I just stressed to you, please be a critical thinker through this and don't carry water for Trump. Um, it's, it's as simple as that. Just be smart about what's going on. Right. And I know Alex Jones is telling you he's anti-establishment. He's bringing back the Republic. You know, he's going to fight the new world order. It's lies. Alex Jones has been completely hoodwinked by Trump and that's, you know, and that's being kind to Alex Jones. Yeah, but it's also, um, but it's all, it's not even being hoodwinked. It's because he knows that he can get power. They're just loving. That's for what power. I mean. That's what I, that's what I mean. That's of course. And, and it was Jack blood who said years ago, this was actually Alex Jones's sidekick on the radio who would sub host for him years and years ago. This is a very disturbing quote that Jack blood said. And I thought maybe it was a little alarmist at the time, but now it's very true that if Alex Jones ever got any power, um, he would be just as bad or worse than the new world order that he claims to be fighting. That's that's what his the, his radio sub hosts said about him years ago, and now we're watching it literally unfold before our very eyes. And and Infowars um, is getting press credentials to the White House. And yeah. Alex Jones said that I, Trump called him, not only thanked him for his victory, but also said that Infowars represents quote the rebirth of the American Republic end quote. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's pretty surreal. I mean, I, I, just, I just don't know what's, where that's going to go. Um, but it's not going to go somewhere good. Let's just put it that way. Because all these power-hungry um, people who work for InfoWars are obviously more interested in getting power than being truth-tellers. Truth that's well, pretty clearly, obvious yeah. now. It should be obvious to everyone. Well, it was obvious for the last five years, yeah, when they were just started hysterically fear-mongering against black people, Muslims, women, and SJWs. That's yeah. the real threat to the Republic. Their entire website for the, for the first three days of Trump's administration was article after article just talking about how crazy feminists and, and leftist protesters were. This the whole, first three days of his administration. This whole George Soros controls everything. And look, we, out of all people, do understand George Soros's role in the world, right? We understand that he was, he did throw a lot of money at the Ukrainian uprising and, and such and such. So it isn't a black and white thing. However, this whole George Soros controls everything and every protester is paid $50 an hour and shit. This is like very harping on like protocols of the elders of Zion type, like, like, symbology to me it almost just seems extremely anti-semitic and bizarre like jews control everything but it's not even just jews it's one jew it's just one all-powerful jew wizard guy behind the curtain well the scary thing about that is it's like it's not overt anti-semitism but it could it could be a form of dog whistling that a lot of people repeating it don't even realize what they're doing exactly so like 
the, the, using the term globalist all the time. Like at one time, that seemed to be like a Federal Reserve sort of like anarcho-capitalist thing to say. Um, but you know, now that all now that Trump is actually saying it, and now that his supporters are saying it all the time, who are just dumb as fuck, they don't have no idea where that you know like the, the structures of empire or or the economy they don't even understand how those things work they're using the term globalist combined with this george soros is behind everything um it's starting to feel like it could lead to you know a blatant anti-semitic climate i don't know if that's going to happen i hope it doesn't um but the 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 the, like the the pieces are there. They just have to be put together in a certain way, and that's scary too. Um, so yeah, I, I don't I don't think it's hyperbolic mm-hmm. anymore. I mean, this Holocaust Remembrance Day. Yeah, talk about that. What politician in their right mind, <laughs> if you're the most hardcore right wing politician ever, um, even if you don't like Israel, it's like uh, you never would omit the Jewish people from a Holocaust Remembrance Day. He That's did it. He, he pulled of. an All Lives Matter to the Holocaust. That is extremely bizarre. And I, even I am like, does that mean he, he's anti Semite or not? Tell, like, wait, I don't happened? even Tell know. Tell us what happened. So, okay, it's really, really weird. I mean, and. and you know, people who listen to the show might know I'm a big fan of Norm Macdonald, and he always is pulling this joke on his talk show where, you know, he'll accuse his sidekick of being a Holocaust denier, and then he'll and then his sidekick sidekick will start talking about Stalin and be like, "Well, my family escaped from Stalin," and Norm Macdonald will be like, oh, "That's what they always say." You know, the the Holocaust <laughs> deniers they they always talk about how bad Stalin is. And it is kind of true. It's like anyone, you know, if you bring up the Holocaust and, and someone immediately jumps to Stalin, it is kind of, it's not overtly anti-Semitic, but it does come from neo-Nazi movements, that talking point. Mm-hmm. It kind of is derived from there. Similarly, the saying that Jews weren't the main target of the Holocaust and that it's not right to point to Jews because all these other groups were killed too is sort of like a concern troll white supremacist neo-nazi yeah, talking point absolutely. and it's classically been that absolutely and remarkably the white house statement issued on holocaust remembrance day <laughs> did not mention the jewish people which was weird enough on and of itself that's weird okay and you're like hmm that's that's very odd but then spicer came out and i think even Priebus came out and said that would denigrate all these other people who were lost in the Holocaust. We're all, an, despite what people think, we're an equal opportunity. We don't discriminate, which was like, whoa, like, so you're doubling down on it? Like, you didn't even say it was a wow. mistake? Like, that's shocking. They are doubling down on not mentioning the Jewish people on Holocaust Remembrance Day, which is just kind of mind blowing. Um, this, especially this early, you know, on in his presidency, like, what is what is really going on here? I don't know, but it's it's fucking weird. And and what's crazy um, and I, on top of that was that the Holocaust Remembrance Day was the same day that he enacted the Muslim ban. <laughs> oh my God, I didn't even yeah, realize that. That's the same day. So and think about that. How many people may not remember this? Americans were polled during the Holocaust, extremely anti-Jew extremely anti-immigrant no americans wanted to allow jewish immigrants into this country same propaganda you hear today 
several boats of Jewish refugees were actually turned away and and ended up all getting massacred in the Holocaust. And and there's this Twitter account that keeps posting all these people saying, like, my name is this person. I was turned away by the U.S. and I died in the camp and da-da-da. And so you can go through and see this was a huge epidemic. This happened. This has happened before. And it's and it was specifically with the Holocaust. And it really just shows you um, how cruel people were and looking back on it, how shocking that is to people like, oh, wow, we turned away Jewish refugees who are escaping the fucking Holocaust. And what are we doing today? And it's not historical revisionism or like a rewriting of history to point that out and and emphasize that because it really happened and people want to forget that. And it, people also want to forget that that's not why we entered world war two. Right. That I, we, earlier, what you we were saying about, you think, thought I might disagree with you about Richard Spencer. I had a minor issue with the way some of the people were framing it. We're like, we got into world war two to fight the Nazis. We, we actually didn't. I mean, unfortunately that's not why we got into world war two. We waited for Pearl Harbor to happen and went in because of that. Um, so it's, we turned away thousands and thousands of Jewish refugees trying to come over here. Um, and there's actually a book called Bard, uh, written by a Zionist, a guy who's extremely pro-Israel, going through the entire history of, of how many refugees FDR turned away. And how FDR himself was actually quoted as saying like anti-Semitic things in the Oval Office and stuff in regards to the Holocaust. Yeah. So, and let's not forget um, that we also um, took all the Nazi scientists from Operation Paperclip. We took them from the Russians. We embedded yeah. them in our society in every industry. And not only that, but we actually still pay ex-Nazis to this day. Social security payments. There's a several Nazis still living. They've had their identities replaced. We've totally given them protection. They're still living in this country. So, and on top of that, all the corporate sponsorship of the Holocaust, IBM, um, the GAT, like there's so many different things. I'll even post a clip that I did on Breaking the Set that talked about which corporations were involved in the Holocaust. And yeah, I mean, it, it, the list goes on and on. So it wasn't that oh, we were even just waiting for the right time. It was that we were actively bet, like profiting off of it. Yeah, I, I don't... I, I, the whole... Yeah, that whole thing about them not mentioning the Jewish people, I almost wonder if that's... If they're testing the waters to see how much like Republican support they'll still have or something. Like how far they and can I'm, go? Yeah, and I'm really surprised actually that not more Republican leaders have come out and, and said something about that. Cause that in and of itself should sh- should signal something really different. <laughs> right. Let's put it that way. Right. About what this administration is doing. So, um, um I, I wanted to also just say really quickly that no Americans have ever been killed. Like we said, in any attacks by the people originating from these countries and every ter- so-called terrorist attack since nine 11 has been from us citizens or legal residents. So, you know, the people who keep telling me, like, I just have so many new, like, new atheists slash Trump loyalists who just are defending this. And, and uh, you know, the facts have to be stated. You are not going to gaslight me anymore. Like, this is reality. I've, I even had someone, like, 
like I posted an article about, you know, immigrants are actually less likely to commit crimes despite this hysterical right wing rhetoric rhetoric. And someone was like, oh, like you got studies to back that up. And it was like, yeah, dude. And the fucking link that I posted, like, do people even <laughs> try to read like this? Yeah. This whole thing is so crazy. Well, it's just all it's just so sad how everybody can get baited into this form of scapegoating the people around you or minorities. I mean, let's just on a, just like a logic level. Why does it matter if an illegal immigrant committed a crime right. or someone who wasn't who someone who was a legal resident? Like what difference does it make? Right. Like if the guy who shot Kate Steinle was legally residing here, what 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 does it matter? Like, it's just so fascinating how that difference matters so much to these people because it feeds into this narrative, false narrative that they have that somehow illegal immigrants are more likely to rape and kill you, which, as you just said, is blatantly bullshit. Mm -hmm. It's just really pathetic. I I just I have a hard time understanding that. I argue with them, my in-laws all the time about this. And I'm like, why do you care so much that an illegal immigrant committed a crime versus some a reg, like a non-illegal immigrant. Like, why? What, explain it to me, Robbie. Don't you understand? And we they should care more about a, uh, we should care more about an illegal immigrant on welfare than we should about a million-dollar bomb being dropped and killing a baby. That's where yeah, our focus I mean, that's, should that's be. That's where dude. their priorities are. It's it's fascinating. You know, even Kim Kardashian tweeted out a, a thing, and I actually really respect her for doing this because I'm sure she got, uh, um inundated with hate especially since her husband is somehow supporting trump because he went mentally ill but she did tweet out fucking done super super weird dude but she posted this thing yesterday that you know it it really once again facts um the cdc list of what what kills americans annually being shot by another american you are basically 12,000 times more likely to die being shot by another American than you are from like a jihadist immigrant. Like I think the number of Americans killed by a jihadist immigrant has been two in the last, I don't know, since nine 11. Um, are you talking about the San Bernardino? Yeah. I'm sure that that's what they're counting it in. Yeah. I don't, I'm not seeing yeah. a source for it, but it just shows like, you know, lightning 31 people have died. Armed toddlers, 21 people have died. Lawnmowers have killed 69 people being hit by a bus, 264 falling out of bed, 737 yeah. being shot by another Americans, obviously the, the highest, but it shows you that literally like, even if you count the San Bernardino thing, um, then that's, that's how low the threat actually is like that. That's why this is just such blind, like unmasked bigotry. It's just so obvious and blatant. You know, it has nothing mm-hmm. to do with national security or safety at all. No. And the, and the more fear we're inundated with, like we're in a state of fear that we haven't been in since right, like right after nine 11. I don't know how it, we got here, but we are. And when people are under that much fear, People latch onto these things, these scapegoats and these things to channel their fear into, like to blame other groups of people. Um, and it's just, a, I mean, it's a, it's a typical like psychological phenomenon that's happening, but it's like, that's really all it is. And unfortunately, these conservatives who are obsessed with illegal immigrants and, you know, refugees, it's just so locked in. It's almost like their religion. They believe right. in it so much they like they like live it and breathe this you know it's almost like a language to them and that's it's it's just really strange it's like don't you realize that like w- that we the people are the only thing that are going to be able to fight the government mm-hmm. and we sort of need to stand together i mean 
you know, I don't know. I um, think I think what what really it comes down to is not even understanding that they're bigoted. They are, like you said, they're terrorized by their own fear, and it's so irrational. Yeah. But at the same time, like they're not affected by any of this. They have like the utmost imperial privilege because not only are they not affected by what America does around the world, they're not affected by any of this that goes on in the U.S. because they don't know any Muslims, they don't know any Black people, they don't know gay people, they don't know trans people. So like it is totally foreign to them. I think a lot yeah. of these people who defend these policies are living like they they call the people who are living in the city living in a bubble. No, I think that you guys are the ones living in a bubble because people living in big cities are surrounded by hundreds of different cultures and languages and people. You guys are the ones sitting out there in ass fuck nowhere who and, and not interacting well, yeah, with people at all. That's what's that's what's so revealing about this Muslim ban is how many people are acting like it's not a big deal and right. like you stop whining about it. It's right. like, well, clearly you live somewhere where you don't know anybody <laughs> who has any relatives in any of these countries. You don't even know anyone like indirectly, like right. a coworker or a colleague who has family or friends from any of these countries. Like that says a lot about how fucking isolated you are and how you really shouldn't, you know, you really shouldn't speak about it. Right. If you're not... If you don't know anybody affected by it, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> Seriously. There's, I mean, I know several people who've been directly affected by this. So, and I don't even, you know, I don't, I'm not that social. I don't get out that much. I just, I just live in Oakland, California, yeah. um, where there's a lot of people from the Middle East. Um, you know, one of them's a musician who I've worked with. So um, it's just. Yeah, it's mind boggling, but it's also it's 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 happening like and I don't think we could do anything. You know, that's I don't know if that can be fought necessarily with logic or anything because no. it's all fear driven. It's all emotion driven for them. Um, and, and at the same time, they're being aided by these quasi intellectuals like Sam Harris, who will blame leftists for the Muslim man. Like, did you see his tweet saying that the reason why it, you know, this Muslim man has happened is because leftists made excuses for Muslims for so long. Excuse me? Like, what? What does that mean? Wow. What does that even it mean? Just more left blaming, more left bashing. It's our fault, Abby, because we made too many excuses for Muslims. So Not because we were trying to protect a persecuted racial minority of people who we were being indoctrinated that they were our greatest enemy and we were trying to counter it. Not because of that, but because... The left made excuses for Muslims. Sam Harris, a case for profiling. <laughs> Didn't he write an article being like a case for prof racial profiling? Oh, yeah. This yeah. absolute piece of shit, brown shirt, advocated for tor torture and racial profiling. And for some reason, his new atheist fans want to have a nuanced argument about how his him advocating for racial profiling wasn't actually him advocating for racial profiling. <laughs> These people live in the fucking Twilight Zone. <laughs> Wake the fuck up. <laughs> Seriously. You want to hear something else really crazy? God damn it. So every day yeah. I wake up to what dystopian nightmare are we waking up to today? You know, every day in Trump's America, it's another dystopian hellhole nightmare. What what happened today? So uh, one other thing that was extremely perplexing was, first of all, that the some budget, some like land budget thing was written up so that congress or gop members of congress could actually just rewrite this one line and make all public federal lands worthless like how fragile is our institution that that was 
in place that someone could just go in and change a line and then sell off all land. Like, how how is that possible? So that happened. <laughs> they changed, <laughs> like, the GOP-dominated Congress, like, changed some line in this budgetary package that now it's like a fire sale for corporations to buy up federal land. So that's happening. Um, at $0, national parks are the best thing about the country. Anyone who's traveled around the country know that, you know, there's a lot of things to complain about in America, but nature and the beauty of how much federal land there is that you can go boondocking and you can go park an RV and, you know, I think two-thirds of the whole land in this country are still public that you can go and camp on and do all this stuff. And it, it's such a beautiful thing. And that's actually the the number one thing that I love the most about this country, especially after traveling it. And this is now under threat um, without so much as a peep. I haven't even seen anyone talking about this at all. Um, no. And I think, yeah, I think it needs to be stressed just based on what you just said. If people out there aren't like out that outdoorsy or don't go camping that much, basically what public federal lands are, are they are, a lot of them are lands that the public can use and right. camp on. Totally. But they're not normally not part of like nat like established national parks. So like you go up to Northern California and you go outside the outskirts of like the big national park, like Big Trees Park, and they'll just be hundreds of square miles of, of federal forest land that's like virtually untouched, pristine that you can go camping on mm -hmm. and do things on. That land is gonna be sold off and like you said, zero dollars. It's not even. They're not even trying to make money off yeah. of it. Yeah, and they're I mean, what does that mean for the future? Yep. Of just all this beautiful open space that we have. It's do people want that to just be all bought up? I don't understand. Yeah, and it's being it's being done basically at the expense of losing billions of dollars in revenue. Because think about how much money people make on on tourists coming here to do precisely yeah. that to go boondocking and go camping on these lands they are losing billions of dollars in revenue on so it's so yeah it's not even not making any money they're losing a shitload of money um yeah, they just basically gave the logging industry like billions of dollars of profits for free i mean does this mean they can just cut like so i that's what's worrying to me is i don't even know what this right. fully means right. does that mean logging companies can now just go tear up federal forest land now <laughs> i'm serious like that's it just seemed that in of itself seems really disturbing what else can happen like in hawaii for example all of the beaches are public publicly owned you cannot own a beach if you want to build a giant mansion in hawaii you don't own your beach so does this mean now that trump's can sell off beaches to corporate i don't even i it's just so fucked up <laughs> but robbie <laughs> that's great he's so anti-establishment isn't that amazing oh yeah oh, anti-establishment yeah <laughs> and that's where like the libertarian like hanger honors will be like yeah he's really showing it to the federal government yeah, the feds dude, like the feds all this have land, too much land <laughs> It's like, okay, keep doing that. I mean, I, I don't, I'm still blown away that as a libertarian, you can even remotely support this piece of shit, but try, I mean, I guess try. I don't know. <laughs> oh my God. And, and let's, let's talk really quickly. Also, um, first of all, Ted Cruz is trying to get care. The group that I just spoke at a couple of weeks ago, banned as a terrorist group. All right. This is one of the only groups on the front lines actually helping Muslims. Um, they're amazing. Uh, I know several people who are involved in care. They're the best humans on the planet. 
Um, they are helping Muslims who are discriminated against and getting their constitutional rights. It is so, so offensive um, that this is even trying to get pushed through by psychotic Ted Cruz. Um, and you said that Frank Gaffney actually hatched that idea. Yeah, this is the thing I think people need to be paying closer attention to. Bannon is terrifying, and so are all the people directly in Trump's administration. But there were people advising him while he was campaigning and advising Ted Cruz um, that are planting a lot of the, the these ideas in their heads. And the, specifically the one about CARE being a terrorist organization. And to designate them a terrorist organization is 100%... Frank Gaffney, former PNAC signatory, neocon, who runs an organization called Counter Jihad. He's also a columnist for Breitbart. Um, he has been trying to designate and label CARE as a terrorist organization years ago. Um, he's, I mean, basically just look at his website, look at his work, and you could see all these lines going directly to Cruz and the Trump administration. It's very obvious that this is where a lot of their ideas are coming from about Muslims. Um, and it's, oh yeah, yeah, he, he was, I mean, he's special because he's literally the only neocon that I know of who, who maintained, or who was able to build a bridge to the alt-right and gain ground in it and has influence in it. Like, that's pretty remarkable. No other neocons did that. This guy did, and he's one of the worst neocons of them all, um, I mean, you just have to look at his writings. I mean, the media kind of like yeah, he's put disgusting. him through the ringer when he was advising Ted Cruz and called him a conspiracy theorist and stuff. But they kind of dropped it after a while because he says he's not officially advising Trump. But I mean, I, to me, it almost doesn't matter. These are his fucking ideas. Um, on some level, he is, whether it's officially or not. So, yeah. you know, shadow advising. Um, but I mean... You know, we have the face like a Bannon, and that's really all the public has to react to. Um, so I don't know if it's going to help people to know that Frank Gaffney came up with these ideas, but I think it helps add some context. Yeah. That this is not an anti-neocon administration. Right. They're not kicking out the neocons. Um so, yeah, just just pay attention to that. Yeah, and also people who want to say Trump's going to stand up to Saudi Arabia. Trump's going to stand up to the military industrial complex. Trump's not going to do all this shit. And like obsessing over Obama bombing these countries. Well, guess what? Trump has already overseen several weapons shipments to Saudi Arabia, overseen several bombing targets in Yemen, and oversaw an insanely botched mission that killed tons of fucking people, including an eight-year-old child. For some odd reason, we're still targeting Anwar Al-Halaki's children. Like, I have absolutely it, no idea what the hell is going on. Wasn't it, uh, like, the granddaughter of Anwar Al-Halaki's? Yep, yep. So, did Trump, is Trump, was this an accident, or did Trump make good on his promise to kill the families of terrorists? No, I think that that was exactly what happened. It was like a botched raid. Like, you purposely killed? Yeah. No, no, it was a botched raid in other instances where they had to blow up the helicopter and stuff because they, like fucked up the mission but no that that was definitely the target his his, his like relatives yeah. yeah that's that's um it's yeah i i just um yeah and then also the you're talking about the weapons shipments mm -hmm. to saudi arabia i mean what about this whole p rebuilding the military that's straight that's what was pnac's most infamous document called rebuilding, rebuilding america's, america's defenses, defenses. 
If you're sitting there thinking that rebuilding the military, injecting this much cash into the military industrial complex is anti-neocon, you're fucking nuts. You're in full denial. I'm sorry, but this is not, this is, you can't say that he's anti-neocon. Yeah. And let's, and let's even look at what that means. Let's dissect that a little bit more because Obama expanded special forces operations. Now there's special forces in 70% of the world's countries far beyond what Bush did. Right. Of course he did draw back the ground troops and kind of had this veneer, right. Of drawing down the military, which he did in a sense, but in the other respect, he expanded it widely. All the raids, the night raids, all the drone strikes. That's what this whole thing was about was shifting the U S empire's role to be more insidious and shadowy around the world. So Trump not only wants to maintain that, he wants to also have the ground troops and the giant, you know, swell of forces on the ground. And I mean, it's just amazing. Like he actually is reckoning back to the Bush days, but on top of what Obama's done. Yeah, there's been no talk whatsoever. No, he's offered nothing specific about how he's going to draw down the drone wars, about how he's going to pull out forces or, or take military base. That, not, zero. All he said was that we're not going to nation build like in some vague anti-Bush era like statement. That's not a specific statement. When you bomb ISIS, for example, like all his supporters who are apparently anti-war are okay with bombing Syria and Iraq. Like that's really weird to me is they're like, no, I'm anti-war, but ISIS is fucking evil. We need to bomb Syria and Iraq. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Right. You're not anti-war then. You're just falling into the modern scapegoat, just like Al-Qaeda was the scapegoat during Bush. Mm -hmm. Like, that's not consistency. If, you, if you're really anti-war, you wouldn't be okay with bombing Syria and Iraq to get rid of ISIS. I mean, it just, it doesn't make sense to me. But somehow, that's, you know, that's all he's said he's going to do. Um, and then people can infer all this stuff. Oh, he's, he's anti-nation building where, you know, America is, is pulling out of being like the world's police force. No, it's not. What do you think rebuilding the Amer the military means? Right. Every neocon theorist and person who has suggested rebuilding the military knows that it is in order to maintain American global hegemony. Because that's the only way they see, they think it's um, able to be done is by having an overwhelming military force to the point where if America needed to get involved in like three to four theater wars or a world war, we'd be, we'd be on top still. That's their whole theory. This is Trump's theory too. I don't understand. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of ranting yeah, now, yeah. but yeah, it just really boggles my mind that, that people still think he's some kind of anti-war figure. Yeah, and let's and and of course this you know this mosque gets attacked last night, horrific, right? And it's in the wake of all of this hysteria. So of course the alt right, um, crazy online brigade who worships Trump and thinks that he can do no wrong and is gaslighting everyone, immediately um, hears that someone said that someone said Alu Akbar and so the guy must have been Muslim and oh this is the class of civilizations Muslims have been killing each other forever and that's just like flooded the entire internet and took over the entire narrative of course today the truth comes out that the mosque attack suspect was actually an online troll who consistently attacked refugee boards, like message boards, um, was a frequent um, user of the word feminazi. Um, just another 
white dude Quebecan. I don't even know if that's that's what you call Quebec people, but um, yeah. So it's just very interesting. It's like, why don't we stop jumping to conclusions and repeating what like xenophobic trolls create online? And I'm not saying like, look, if the guy was a Muslim, like it would have been very tragic and sad, and of course we would be reporting on that as well. But that's not what happened. <laughs> and and like now you and- just hear this not being talked about. Yeah, and there's definitely, and I witnessed in real time some kind of deliberately injected whisper campaign. Even people saying we have the names, they're both Muslim names. And like that was going around on Twitter and I was thinking, who injected this into the narrative? Because this is like really opportunistic, you know, disinformation and fear mongering. And then I went to Drudge. He had three headlines about it. And the second headline out of the three was, quote, Allah Hu Akbar, unquote. So he was basically trying to imply that it was like Muslim on Muslim crime, you know, um, and and even and if you read the story, um, it doesn't say anything like that. It's it it almost actually the story kind of makes it clear that the guy was speaking in like a can um, you know a French accent, and he was white, and he said Allahu Akbar. Mm-hmm. Um, so pretty obvious that he was just saying that. Um, so it's, it's just really interesting that it's just right away they're trying to sh- manipulate the narrative in order to make it to to steer it into the directions that they want to. Um, and it's very dangerous. Um, and it's very sad when, you know, just people just spread this information. And I called out several people who were doing it and they couldn't source me anything right, saying what their claims they had to basically admit they were wrong and of course a lot of them didn't but they were spreading false information and I, all night last night about this and again about the brown shirts this this threat you know we're talking about all these people in the administration obviously they are a huge threat that we need to unite to fight but there are a lot of emboldened crazy neo-fascists on the ground and even in manhattan i've heard countless stories of people getting abused and harassed my friend christian who's just a kid who was at like this leftist like meetup group or something they were targeted there was a group of what they actually thought was like one of them was an undercover cop because he had a blue lives matter bracelet and he said he did like a they basically got jumped when they were leaving this like meetup and he got his knee blown out from one of the guys who jumped them who were like all trump people and um yeah he he said that he because he's like been he just said that he felt like it was like a police hold like that the guy was doing on him and like like basically tore his knee out on now he walks with a cane i just saw him and i was like what the hell is going on so this is happening all over the place um the mosque that was burned down this is not an isolated incident there's shit going on all over the country um, pigs mm-hmm. heads are being left in mosques. I mean, this is, this is insane. If you see, and I just spent like time at a Sikh temple. It was really incredible actually. Um, and you know, every Sikh there had told me, they said, we're such peaceful, loving people. Like we, you know, we just want to tell people and educate them about, you know, how Islam's a beautiful religion and it's a peaceful religion. And we're, you know, and, and we all want to be friends and we're getting viciously attacked because, six are constantly attacked and it's just it's just absolutely horrible if you see anyone getting abused or attacked if you do not stand up for them or say anything you are complicit in the crime that's where we're at right now like you need to be extremely proactive in your community wherever you are because this shit is happening everywhere even if you just hear someone insult someone 
Like, it is time for us to take a stand because people are emboldened now to be open racists. Now Trump is now like a racial slur for you to just say, like, fuck you, like, Trump's on my side. Um, it, it's, it's very, very dangerous. And that's all I have to say. Yeah, um, we're going to see more stuff like this in the right-wing water-carrying media. And now, which is, includes Infowars and that, will just constantly only point to examples of like Trump supporters getting hurt. Right. And that's all. And they'll, and they'll completely ignore all this other shit you're talking about because it doesn't fit with their narrative. Um, and it's really dangerous to have basically brown shirts for a sitting president acting violent towards people who are opposing that president. Um, and I, I know what fucking side I'm on. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to use violence to defend a sitting president of the United States and no one should. Um, but sometimes violence is necessary to fight people who are acting violent, who are supporting the power structure. Um, so, I mean, we, we really might be entering this era now where, um, you know, I mean, we've already seen an increase in sort of like extreme activist tactics and stuff. And, you know, maybe that's where we need to be at. I don't, I'm a little bit like more on the fence about that, but if you, if you know of someone getting beaten up or anything by like Trump supporters or fucking neo-Nazis. Yeah. You better stand up and fucking do something about it. Um, it's just, and it's, and it's like, I still see all these people saying, Oh, Richard Spencer, everyone's calling everybody a Nazi now. Oh, so Richard Spencer's a Nazi now. No, he was always a Nazi. Right. He's a, he's blatantly a Nazi. I mean, and you know, when people call all the alt-right people, Nazis, I think it's a little overboard. But he is most definitely right. a Nazi. There's no question. There's no like mistaking it. There's no like, um, oh, is he or isn't he? He's said things about genocide. I mean, I just, it's just, what are you guys doing bothering to defend this guy? So what well, a lot of punched? the people, a lot of the people who are defending him are also like neo-Nazis. And I'm not saying that lightly. I, I totally hear what you're saying about like really backing off on that term because it could have the opposite effect where people are really like reacting and being like okay you know that's crazy yeah. and da, da, da. but all the people who were because richard spencer responded to me directly on twitter and i was like wow what is this piece of shit doing even addressing my fucking presence um but he told me he was like i'm not a nazi abby i'm surprised that you would try to shut down my views first of all no one gives a fuck about shutting down free speech for you richard what i was just saying was hey maybe we shouldn't give more platforms to nazis you know like i just don't think that right now is the time where we should be actually opening up our space our media platforms for fucking nazis that's all i was saying i'm not trying to go to your fucking home and call the cops on you and be like this guy's talking like, that's not what violating free speech is. I think that these idiots have a little bit of a misconception yeah, no, about what free speech means. They have a completely warped and childlike understanding. I mean, it's a partisan understanding of the First Amendment. You don't, sh quote, shut down someone's free speech by getting in their face and screaming in the face of a Nazi and telling him to fuck off. That's not shutting down someone's free speech. That's you expressing your First Amendment right <laughs> to shut down a Nazi piece of shit. Right. That's what the First Amendment's about. Um, so, yeah, 
KKK and neo-Nazis still have their First Amendment rights to go march yeah. in public. Yeah. That's always been their free speech right. rights. That doesn't mean they're not going to encounter public resistance. And that public resistance is also a form of free speech, you dumb motherfuckers. Yeah, exactly. Stop being so sensitive. Right. Yeah. What Except happened? That I thought you, you guys, now, what happened? Safe spaces and snowflakes. Yeah. You're no longer the opposition force. You're part of the establishment. Get used to it. You're going to have to deal with people expressing their First Amendment rights and stop complaining about shutting down free speech. You have zero understanding of the Constitution. Zero. You're pathetic. Yeah. And, and when you keep saying, you know, carrying water for a sitting president, we're not talking about President Mujica of Uruguay, like this god descend who's like a saint. This is a criminal enterprise. The U.S. empire is the biggest terrorist state in the world. The majority of the world's population is actually terrified of the U.S. That is their biggest fear and biggest threat, is what is the U.S. empire going to do to fuck their lives up? So, yes, I understand the imperial privilege and complete ignorance of what this country does to affect the rest of the world. It's not just coups and destabilizing governments. It's capital. Um, it's basically exploitation all the transfer of capital, the the hoarding of all the wealth. The majority of the eight people who own half the world's wealth are American. So th this isn't just like even a sitting president. This is like the top, tip top of the criminal terrorist state. <laughs> you know what I mean? With the world's largest yeah. military and surveillance apparatus in the history of the world. That's what's so, I mean, and again, it's just like, even if you like Trump and you were and you like wanted to get behind him, wouldn't you want to also demand that he re roll back all this stuff yeah. that Obama kept in place after the Bush administration or roll back the new things Obama put in like the NDAA? Why are none of these info wars or like P Trump supporters who are so-called part of the alternative media saying that shit? Because they want them to go it's after us. They want they love that they're going after immigrants and leftists like they want them to use these tools of violence and repression against us. Exactly. And I think that at the heart of it, that's the really scary thing about it. And these people are now brown shirts. Right. Um, it's it's really, really interesting and, and really scary. Um, two more things to wrap this up. First of all, the Japanese internment, I guess, was done via executive order. I did not realize that. Um, that's not something to be taken lightly. And Trump advocates have already um, incited the internment as like a rationale for vetting and whatever. Um, detaining Muslims. So that that should be on the forefront of everyone's minds. Um, another thing is how interesting corporations are actually shitting their pants. Um, you had Uber blocking the taxi boycott that was participating in conjunction with all the mass protests around the country at these airports, taxi can, drivers in New York. Can you, mm -hmm. can you explain that in detail? Because I, I got, I've heard of that later and I didn't understand 100% what happened. Okay. Like, Give me just a little bit sure. of detail on like so, why the Uber boycott started. Sure. So anyone who has ever taken taxis in big cities knows that the majority of taxi drivers are immigrants. You know, a lot of them are Muslim, um, especially in New York. And so taxi, you know, actually JFK is a really hard airport to get to. That's not like an easy line. And so a lot of people have to take cabs and take Uber. And so during this giant protest at JFK with thousands and thousands of people blocking the terminal, the taxis also participated. They issued a statement, the taxi union, by the way, taxis are unionized, Uber and Lyft are not unionized. It's a private corporation that is filling the marketplace. So taxi drivers are actually unionized. They're more protected. 
Um, so they are able to do these things, go on strike, right? And so the taxis said, we are participating in this. They issued a statement from their union and they blocked out that hour. They all went home to participate. And that's what a strike is. That's how strikes and are successful. That's how civil disobedience works is when you shut shit down, you make it non-functional. It's not out of convenience. So during the height of the protest, not only did Cuomo or no, not Governor Cuomo, it was the NYPD who actually shut down the air train. So there was tens of thousands of people actually spilling in to get to JFK and they shut that shit down. The police, which is insanely unconstitutional and i think it was overridden by the governor because he was like you can't do this um so it was a total shit show but but in the height of all of that uber like sent out a mass message to its users and they're like we lifted the surge pricing because you know like it's surge prices during times where there's a lot of people who are trying to get ubers and it said we have lifted the surge charge because we know that there's this taxi ban thing and so, yeah, so basically Uber's like cheaper now, you can use us. So they kind of just inserted themselves extremely wrong, wrongly, made a political wow. stand. And also the CEO of Uber is a notorious piece of shit. He's a womanizer. He's a Trump supporter and f personal friend. And I even heard he's like also part advisor. So Uber is very closely knit with Trump. And they and they really did politicize the shit out of this and try to exploit this strike and, and also ruin it. Because then you're just, you're you're totally missing the point. You know what I mean? If you're like, oh, hey, like, we're here. Like, don't worry. We're not shutting shit down. Like, we're here to help you because we love Trump. It's just like, what the hell is going on? So everyone was like, fuck you. We're deleting Uber. And then, of course, Lyft, <laughs> which is not like a saintly corporation, but it's just funny to see people hysterically reacting because this is the power of protest. This is the power of, of civil disobedience. When, I guess, thousands of people deleted their Uber and also wrote Uber saying, this is why I'm deleting you. And so Lyft comes out, jumps the gun and says, we're actually donating a million dollars to ACLU. Starbucks comes out, says we're hiring 10,000 refugees. It's like all these, it's really interesting to see the rift in corporations now. Cause that, like we said, it's a line in the sand. Where are you going to go? If you want to be this, like a face of a corporation, where are you going to go with this? Because the momentum is so huge that people could actually really impact your business. They could, yeah, and it'll be really interesting to see what these other Silicon Valley companies decide to do under a Trump administration because they've been stunting his liberals for the past eight years under Obama and acting like they care about civil rights. I mean, even Apple stood up to the Obama administration with that um, order to get the phone unlocked, um, you know, going even more to the left than Obama on certain issues. So, um, But Elon Musk, for example is uh is sort of like defending the muslim ban or he's not defending the muslim ban but he's like i don't know guys like tell me what's wrong with the muslim ban because i'm meeting with trump and like his like you know corporate board in a few weeks cool story like, dude and he and he's sort of like acting like he wants people's like criticisms of it so he can voice to trump but it's like dude stand up like stand up for what's right like it's just funny that even someone like him who people praise as being this like innovator and green you know green guy is just passively going along with this shit like he shouldn't even meet with trump right i mean he should like refuse to so right. like i mean where's t what's tim cook gonna do what's um eric schmidt gonna do i mean you have to remember that like all these Silicon Valley companies exploded under like wild west mentality where there weren't even regulations that existed yet to like keep them, you know, in check. And 
with Trump, there's going to be even less regulations. These companies are going to have carte blanche to pretty much do whatever they want. Um, you know, and everyone's like fixating on Trump saying he's going to make Apple make iPhones here now. I mean, I don't think that's really going to happen. But also, like, what about just the surveillance grid? What about their power to data mine us? That's going to be even less regulated. Um, I, I think we're in. I mean, I think those companies are going to pretend to be liberal, but they're going to be snatching pieces and and sucking up as much as they can with this new doors that Trump has opened for them. Absolutely. So we have to be really careful at that. Yeah. And Trump's whole business plan. Can we just debunk this extremely quickly because it makes zero fucking sense um capitalism does not work where you go to corporations give them massive tax breaks and say come here come back to america so the way it works capitalism works where companies go to where they could pay workers zero dollars bangladesh you can pay workers under 30 cents an hour so Tell me why, again, that a company in Bangladesh would be incentivized by tax breaks that they already have. They already pay no taxes. And they're just going to yeah. move back to America. Yay! It's like a fucking Disney movie. Like, it, it's so stupid and juvenile. It doesn't even make sense. The only the opposite would make sense if he was going to start fining corporations. Right. Exactly. For, for using, like, uh, slave labor in right. other countries. Right. He's doing the opposite, <laughs> you idiots. Are you really thinking that he wants these American workers empowered and for these companies to like force themselves to move back? No, he's giving them more money. Like, just wake up. <laughs> Let's wrap it up with a positive note, because I think that we glossed over the Muslim ban without talking about the amazing fortitude and mobilization, not Soros initiated, <laughs> like literally the most grassroots organic uprising that I've seen in a while, like since Occupy, I think, was after this Muslim ban thing. Alabama, thousands of people. Ohio, thousands of people. Seattle, tens of thousands of people. New York, tens of thousands of people shutting down the airports. Lawyers all night um, taking time away from their lives and jobs to donate full time in the airport, setting up impromptu um, advisory centers, helping people, people leaving everything behind to go show solidarity to anyone who is dealing with detention or unlawful discrimination at these airports. And that, I think, is one of the most beautiful things I've seen in a long time. And that inspires me greatly because this really showed, I think, everyone like we're not going to fucking stand for this. And if that isn't obvious now, you just wait because if you think this is a protest, wait until you try some other shit because we're going to shut down the entire country. And, you know, these people, they're not screwing around. And neither will the people on the streets because we've already seen just how organic this really is. You know, um, it was just amazing to see all of these people in all of these airports. It was incredible for hours and hours, even days. Some people have been there for days and days, these lawyers. And you were there at JFK. Mike was. I, I was sick, so I stayed oh, home. Okay. Yeah, but Mike went, and he said it was absolutely insane. He said that they couldn't even move. I mean, the terminal was so packed with people, and it was just so beautiful, like how many people just got cardboard signs and Sharpies and just, you know, went out there. And, and I think that that says a lot, that there's millions of more people on our side, millions of more people, if not billions, to uh, be honest. No, and I, I mean, I think um, 
it, it, it really shows you the importance of, you know, swallowing some of your pride and having solidarity because yes, a lot of these people took until Trump to wake up to this and his Muslim ban, um, which is very unfortunate. But now that they're here, um, we need a, we need a large consensus to fight against this administration. We do, because if he's going to make, if he's going to actually consolidate more and more power, we need even a bigger force. I mean, it just needs to keep growing to counter what he's going to do. So yeah, I get it that you're upset at the hypocrisy of Obama supporters and them being okay with bombing all these Muslim countries. But if this is what it took those people to wake up, I think ultimately fighting Trump right now is far more important than pointing out the hypocrisy of Obama supporters. We can have that discussion. We can still have that as an ongoing discussion, but do not make the mistake of endorsing or passively endorsing Trump and just not caring about what's going on right now simply because of the hypocrisy of Obama supporters. It's totally counterproductive. It's pointless. And to be honest, I feel like that's such a minority because I feel like it's getting conflated with just concern trolling where we think that a lot more of the people who are concerned trolling about this are like we're criticizing Obama. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like there's so little people who really don't understand the magnitude of this that they are doing that. And, you know, Jimmy Dore and stuff well, are are I think that they're focusing too much on Obama now. And I think that we all yeah. really need to unite on the impending threat that faces all of us, especially leftists. <laughs> And well, I think and, I, when and I was whatnot. saying that earlier, I was me. I I meant people kind of kind of like us who knew Obama yeah. was really shitty the whole time, right. who are having a hard time adjusting now to other parts of the left waking up only now. Right, like they're still really pissed about it. Get over it. It's time to get over it. I mean, I know I understand it, but it's not helping right now. And and it's but I'm not saying I'm not trying to shut down that discussion either. It's still important. Mm to tell people and to make people understand that the, the empire was continue. It just merely continues and it's not the same. Now this is not just, you know, the same thing. It's actually getting worse. So much worse. That's, that's serious. Yeah. Well, there's um, protests still going on all over the country. We are not going to stop until um, we restore some sanity. And I hate to use like a Bill Maher term, <laughs> but um, no, I mean, it, it really, it, it's hugely inspiring and I'm very optimistic about the power of the people and, and the ability to really shut down business as usual because we're not going to go down quietly. And um, yeah, Trump is a dangerous, dangerous fool. And yeah. And so are the people and surrounding him. Yeah. And also I think um, the Democrats were playing a very dangerous game you know, leading up to this by trying to turn all criticism into him um, of all about that. He's a Manchurian candidate. That he's a secret Putin plant that really fucked up our ability, I think, or just the public's at large ability to really go after him in a serious, hardcore way. It put people into this conspiratorial paranoid mindset, um, which was completely counterproductive where did that Putin-Trump connection building, where did that get anybody who was going after him? It didn't get anybody anywhere. It had zero effect. Um, but pointing out his actual policymaking decisions and how horrible they are, and if we wouldn't have taken our eye off the ball on the Muslim ban, you know, Democrats spent more time talking about Putin and Trump than they did worrying about his Muslim ban. Mm -hmm. um, so look where that got us. 
this is this is blindsided most of you. I mean, and I'm this is when I'm talking about more generic establishment mm-hmm. Democrats. You got blindsided by this shit because you were obsessed with Putin for the past three months. Get your head out of your ass and realize what's really going on. Um, so and stand up I, for I just, something <laughs> in your goddamn lives. Yeah, and I'm not talking about the voters. I'm talking about the actual sitting members of Congress. I've never seen such a willfully compliant, useless trove of assholes in my life. It's stunning. It's fucking yeah. stunning. And even the GOP senators, the GOP people like Paul Ryan, Lindsey Graham, McCain, I mean, they're they're Israel supporters. You know, they're supporters of the Jewish people. Where is where when are they going to talk about how bizarre it is that Trump didn't mention the Jewish people on his Holocaust right. Remembrance Day statement. I mean, just even something small, it sound, seems small, but that's a big deal. A lot of those people should be really concerned about that. Yeah, where's and, Netanyahu? Are they saying anything? Where's I don't Netanyahu know. speaking out? Hmm. Instead, oh, great. Great point. Instead, he only he praised, praised Trump's Trump. wall. <laughs> but yeah, where's his complaint? I guess ethno-nationalists might have to be, you know, strange bedfellows sometimes. Hey, well, so. we found that out through David Peckman. That sometimes you have a lot more room to build upon ethno-nationalist lines yeah. than you do Let's against, have a reasonable yeah. discussion with neo-Nazi Richard Spencer for a half hour, but let's try to smear Max Blumenthal's reputation because he's anti-Israel. Yeah, I mean, you guys, it's really time to draw a line in the sand. No more effing around. Um, and I'm, I, you know, and, and a lot of liberals who are attacking me and stuff, I'm like, look, you know, I, I get it. You want to blame someone except the horrible candidate you guys put forward. And that's fine. But there has to come a time when you reach out and understand that you need us just like we need you to a certain extent. You know, we're, we're in this together at this point, um, like it or not. And I'm not talking about like, you know anyone else other than like Hillary voters and stuff is who I'm talking about. Like people like that. I think that we should really be, let's remove our egos. Let's, let's just reach out with a a clean slate. Yes, we do need to understand how we got here, but we also right now it's very pressing that we need to fight. Um, Tons of people are in the streets. Tons of people are waking up and it's, it's ripe. The time is ripe. The time is now let's reach out and let's build this front. Because we sure as hell can't depend on any elected representatives to do that for us. And if you don't understand that yet, then I don't know what will prove that to you. But it's time to build a real resistance and a real kind of third party or outlier movement um, that puts an actual pressure on the administration and the empire. Because if that doesn't happen, then we're screwed. And, And not only are we screwed, but the whole world is. Because who knows how far this will go. Yeah, and we need and people on the left who supported Hillary who are horrified by what's going on right now. You need to drop that bullshit about Bernie Bros and people mansplaining mm-hmm. to you about Bernie Sanders. That's over. Yeah, and and attacking leftists as the you know or trying to go after leftists for the reason why Hillary won. That's over. Reach out to your fellow leftists, swallow your pride too, mm-hmm. and and start fighting this because that's all bullshit. And you should realize that now. That I'm sorry, but Bernie could not would have won. He could have won against Trump. Mm-hmm. And if you don't realize that by now and you think Hillary it was still a great candidate that got destroyed by Bernie bros, you're living in a delusion and you need to wake up. Yeah, and, and cor- fight. corporate um, war hawks are not 
who we need to align with to defeat fascism. And in fact, that is who has helped sow the seeds for fascism. Obama, Hillary, exactly. these people are not our saviors. These people are not going to prevent fascism. Yeah, David Frum is acting like he's some anti-Muslim band yeah. hero now. No, he's not. Mr. Axis of Evil. Axis of fucking <laughs> yeah, he, evil. He's the, one of the most evil motherfuckers ever. Like, don't listen to these people. Don't have solidarity with those people. That's the, the who I well, weren't warned not to have solidarity with because they got us in this mess in the first place. Yeah, exactly. So, so, yeah, it's not about the DNC chair. It's about building a huge resistance completely outside of the entire establishment. Um, so yeah, build the pressure, reach out, let's build this base. Let's, um, support the independent journalists that you, that you want to see continue to report. We're going to be out there on the front lines. I'm going to be, we're going to be doing a huge expose on all of Trump's cabinet, who Trump is, Bannon, all of that's coming out on the empire files. We have not skipped a beat, nor will we ever, we're going to be fighting, um, the empire until, the empire is over um and you know we have a patreon account now that you can donate to the radio show specifically and um yeah is there anything else that you wanted to promote or say um no not that i can think of but um if you're still waiting and see with with trump or you're still you know behind him um just just realize that you know if you were I can't stress this enough. If you had a problem with people carrying water for Obama and being, you know, just supporting him unequivocally, no matter what he did, you're now entering that same position. And just be aware of that, that it's not a good look. <laughs> I'll just put it that way. It's a really bad look. So just like at least have the self-awareness to know that, you know, it's now it's your turn. Um so maybe, you know, and maybe you could do us all a favor by breaking out of that sooner than some of the Obama supporters did and realize how horrible this person is. Um, so, yeah, and it's so weird how we like went from, you know, on the verge of like this revolt after the Bush administration and Obama placated everyone, put everyone back to sleep with this hypnotic way of going about everything and kind of exporting all the shit that we were doing around the world. But now it's like, where were all those people, all the conservatives, all the libertarians, all the Ron Paul people who were awakened at the end of the Bush administration? Where are they now? Like, don't they see that this yeah. is like the Bush administration on like Christian steroids? Yeah, that's what makes me worry. A lot of it might just be like phony concern trolling mm -hmm. and it has to be questioned. Just like, it can't be taken at face value right. because, yeah, you have to wonder, like, were these people really anti-war or are they just bringing up Obama's drone bombing as a way to, like, you know, make people who dislike Trump, like, feel like hypocrites? It's it's yeah, it all it does seem very phony. So, mm -hmm. yeah, just be just, aware. Just be aware. Of that. Don't get sucked in block and move on because look a lot of these a lot of the alt-right does live online they want to suck your energy and time you're not going to change these people's minds with facts or logic um they gaslight you that's their mo and they're just taking a cue from trump so it, it's time to forget about the people who are going to concern troll you and reach out to people who are awakened and realize that this is really screwed up and want to resist it and that's that's my advice and and definitely participate um there's tons of protests going on everywhere it doesn't matter if you live in a small town get a sign i'm gonna i want to make shirts i mean i i don't even want to leave my house without wearing some sort of visible protest against what is going on and i i just strongly advise everyone to do that be creative um 
it's our time. We have to we have to take back this narrative because we're not we can't expect even the mainstream media or the government to be putting out any sort of facts or truths. So it's up to us. Yeah. Well, and um Yeah, I think that's I think that's it. All right, you guys, uh, Patreon, donate to MediaRoots.org. Let us know what you think. We have two um, interviews that we just did, one with Mark Ames and one with Stephen Cohen, two Russia experts um, just totally debunking the entire insane narrative about Russia and Putin. And I will say that 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 was a recurring sign that I've seen at a lot of these protests, and it's extremely destructive to any sort of opposition movement to have it you know this weird assumption that somehow putin's communist and that the hammer and sickle iconography all this is bullshit okay <laughs> russia's a capitalist oligarchy and so are we so don't demonize communists without understanding what the hell is going on don't buy into this weird neoliberal hysteria about russia and just be a little bit more of a media literate um critical thinker okay and let's abandon the entire russia narrative we want relations with russia that's a good thing and we just Let's try to not have that infect the movement. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. All right, y'all. Well, peace out and let us know what you think and um, keep fighting and stay strong. And we're, we're right there with you every step of the way. Peace. Yeah, just stay strong, everybody. Don't stop fighting.